Welcome back, Hocklings, to season fucking three of Electric Talk, brought to you by Electric Talk. Uh, today we have a super awesome guest. Uh, they've been around for a long time, making waves in the electronic music scene, uh, especially melodic dubstep. Um, recently, we've heard them get into the heavier side of things. Uh, they have a new album coming out for the first time in years. Yes. Today, our guest is Adventure Club. What's going on? Electric talk. Thank you for having us, or thank you for having me in this case. It's just late, and hopefully Christian pops in real soon. Yeah, we may have Christian uh, joining us from the road, um, but as always, my name's Tony. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm Sean. And today we are going to find out all about this new Adventure Club album coming out. Um, and, you know, getting the deep dive on that, but also hearing, you know, how do you go from making a ton of music for so long to, you know, kind of go flying under the radar for a little bit. And then now, like, you kind of have to get back into the spotlight. Uh, that's going to be my first question to you, Layton. Uh, how does that feel? Is that like nerve wracking? Is that like exciting? How does that feel for you? Not really. Like... There, there was a period of time after Red Blue where we, I know, we stopped releasing music. We were still making music, but at that point we had switched. Um, we just signed with Ultra Records. And so in that part, point of our lives, we kind of wanted to have a bit more balance between, you know, touring life, writing music, um, and just like, and, and home life. So we kind of made this conscious decision to you know, reconfigure our, our daily routines, our daily lives. Because up until that point, I think for the previous five years, we were touring nonstop, like something like over 300 days out of the year. You couple that with like partying, you know, almost every night. Um, at one point, like we put our health, and, you know, our mental health and physical health in front of everything, um, held ourselves accountable on that side of things. And and like with all things, we um we might have gone too far in that direction. Like we got comfortable at home, uh, spending time with our girlfriends, our our dogs, our families. Um, we didn't too much mind that the spotlight wasn't on us as much anymore. We're we're definitely more homebodies, and we don't as much as everyone likes, I guess, being in the spotlight. We're we're not really for that. Like we're not super active on our socials. Um. And, you know, like every every up and up coming artists now, you know, like they they need their their time in the spotlight as well. So we we, you know, made that decision to take a, a step back, um, reorganize. And now we're coming out with these 25 songs. Um, excited to see what the world has to think, excited to get excited, excited to get back on the road and just uh, just tour again. Yeah, I mean. It's definitely different kind of doing the festival circuit deal versus like your own dedicated tour. Um, definitely the artists that um, I've kind of talked to about that, they say, you know, it feels like there's more of like a purpose, like a more like personal purpose. You know what I mean? Like it can be definitely. cool, like doing your first festival circuit run where like you play Electric Forest or you play EDC and like Ultra and all of that. Like that can be cool, but like eventually, like you kind of, wanted to have like a message um exactly so what do you think the message is with love and chaos uh 
just to just to go back to your tour like your festival segue we yeah we can uh, circle back yeah we uh i don't think we ever stopped playing festivals for the past like four years in that regard but we um we definitely wanted to write an album that had some kind of purpose some story behind it um like a, a nice unique narrative that we could build a stage upon tour it properly have our fans really connect with with the album after they're done listening to it and then you know have this immersive um, stage design stage production that they will get to be enveloped by once we're touring we're also planning on alongside touring the love and chaos i know there's a lot of people who haven't got the chance to see us perform some of our older songs so i think um, coupled with the love and chaos tour there will be some some dates will have like a dual throwback show the very same night which we're looking forward to now do you like i'm gonna go back to the whole touring aspect for a second i am i know you released your album back in 2016 and had the tour and you still play all these festivals um you know how has the pandemic changed the way you guys focused on uh touring in 2022 um with like upcoming dates um how's that changing um you know because it it's been only been two years since everything shut down. Yeah. Just to come to think of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely changed our timeline when it came to releasing releasing this album. So initially, this album was supposed to come out like uh, late 2019, early 2020, after our Death and Glory tour. Um, and you know, when you release an album, the the whole purpose is to get it out into the public, and then you tour that specific album. Uh, but releasing it right at the height of the pandemic when everything got shut down just didn't feel right um for 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 you know for timing reasons so we delayed it quite a bit until february 11th in, in about two weeks where like you know the touring scene's a bit more stable it doesn't really look like things are about to shut down anymore we'll be able to tour the album to uh to everyone who wants to hear it live um, as far as the shows went during the pandemic um, there was a point where it was kind of like a, a nice forced break where like there was no pressure on anyone to tour. There was no pressure on anyone to like be touring the festival circuit, having your, you know, constantly having have, to have your names out on festival bills. Um, we did play a couple shows, a couple drive-in shows here and there. But besides that, it was, it was kind of like a nice forced uh, vacation for us as well. Yeah, like a little break. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, because I know we had Nightmare on the podcast a couple of months ago, and he said that the break really helped him recollect his thoughts on releasing music. And as he said, you just said, you know, you're pushing this album back until what next week and week and a half. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we still we so there's 25 songs on the album, and we released almost half of that as singles just to like you know continually get some content out there um but yeah it was a nice forced vacation without having to feel pressured by you know seeing other people touring other people releasing music like everyone was what everyone was sorry about that everyone was in kind of the same the same boat and everyone just kind of it was a it was a great time for like collaborations to happen 
online yeah. as well. Like everyone was just kind of at home, and like after three months, we were just kind of sitting there, like, "What the fuck are we gonna do? Let's let's try to like make some make some music with with all of our friends." And that's exactly what happened. I mean, that's why this album is is for the most part super super collaborative. I have a ton of collabs on the album coming up. As yep. I'm I'm looking at the uh, like the the artist list, a lot of singers, a lot of different. You have different genre artists um, from dubstep, house, kind of like house um, music artists. How how is it? Are you like the variety? How is this going to vary between song and song? Do you have these intertwined, like from one song to another, one's dubstep, or is it all going to be like there's dubstep in one section, melodic in another? How are you? segmenting this album so we put a lot of thought into like how the track list was gonna go um there is a natural progression natural flow to it most of the songs are melodic dubstep um, melodic bass if you will but um uh, like sonically we placed all the house songs where they fit where we found they fit the best like the um the track with birthday party called move it that's kind of like a follow-up a house follow-up to um one of our old songs called do i see color um we just kind of like wanted to take the listeners on a journey and that's how we set up the track list pretty much wait hold on did you say it's a follow-up to do i see color yeah like we that's um, wild that's yeah we uh, that's like a 10 year old song yeah um, it's like it has a lot of the same mo- mo- motifs and like some of the same vocal chops, um, but it's oh, def- that's so cool. Yeah, but it's definitely more in that um, in that in a house vein for sure. Um, all right. So sorry about some technical difficulties. Our uh, producer Craig kind of just shit the bed, uh, so we had to move platforms. But question still stands: uh, Venture Club. It's always been, you know, releasing music and putting out mixes uh, using dichotomy of light and dark. Uh, we got death and glory, red and blue, and now we have love and chaos. And so we want to figure out, you know, where is like the origin of this blending of ideals? Uh, so like like all our series, like like you said, red and blue, death or glory or death glory love chaos we're always like we always have this like inner struggle between like wanting to go super super heavy um or like staying really light so we thought this would be like the best way to you know showcase both our, both our sides um growing up like like i said we were very into hardcore but christian was also a blues guitarist i'm like a classically trained pianist so in like our off times we listened to a lot of like lo-fi stuff a lot of classical a lot of um just like really melodic stuff um which you know plays into our music quite often but obviously when we're playing live shows um we love to rage we like to you know headbang and go hard so we need some music that lends itself to that as well and i think throughout like all our superhero synonymous anonymous anonymous mixes we've been showcasing you know that side where we we can kind of like you know choose whatever genre we want to and kind of have a set flow without it seeing seeming too chaotic i mean there are times where we kind of push the limits and the sets kind of go all out over the place 
and we learn from those mistakes. But I think for a body of work like Love and Chaos or an album for that um, matter, it's easier to pick and choose the songs that flow together properly. And I think Red and Blue showcases a lot of, um, you know, the new melodic dubstep we've been working on. We've also like opened up our computer that we haven't touched in 10 years went to go look for like the sounds we used to make crave you opened up like some old project files grabbed some of those some of those sounds and those growls we made and used them on some of the songs in love blue just to you know bring that bring that nostalgia back so some of the songs sound like 2012 just reimagined reimagined in 2022 and i think those will be pretty easy to spot and um yeah yeah I think that's a pretty good explanation um, of it. Uh, I really, I've, I listened to this interview the other day uh, that you guys did with Pause Play a few years ago, and then you guys did one with him like five years prior. And I'd never, I, I just could never pick, like I, you're, you're a muscular dude, so I could picture you being like, like a gym rat, but I can never picture you with like a bunch of piercings in your face and like <laughs> being this like punk dude that's like, the origin story of Hot Topic. We uh, we definitely were those punk dudes. We were very, very not muscular when we first met, um, or at least I wasn't in high school. Christian has always kind of been been at the gym, but when I first met Christian, I think I weighed maybe like 160 pounds wet. So I was like, I was fully into that Hot Topic origin, you know, origin story. Did you ever have like a stripe, like a bleached stripe in your hair? I didn't have the bleached stripe, but I had the, um, you know, the, the flesh tunnels in my ears. I'd wear like super like medium shirts. I had, I'd have like that scene haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore girl jeans. I uh, did all of that. Hey, now everyone wears girl <laughs> jeans, but we have more pockets. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. I used to work at a Zoomies and I had to like talk talk to every single person that would come in and out of the store, and um, they they would literally just ignore you and just like walk to like the skateboard aisle, and I knew nothing about skateboards, so I'm like, yeah, you can uh, put your wheels on with that thing. Like, (laughs) I have no idea what I'm talking about. I felt the same way. I worked at like a I guess the the Canadian equivalent of a Hot Topic or Zoomies. Uh, when we were like first when adventure club was first starting um so yeah what's it what's uh the store called uh that one was called detox uh, i think i've heard of it i yeah. live near canada i i went to montreal like three times in my life so okay <laughs> i i think i i've seen it around somewhere detox amnesia i think west 49 all those all those stores are pretty similar out here. It's like just like a giant mall. Uh, they're in malls. They're like they're. It's pretty much just a hot topic, but the Canadian version. Yeah. yeah. When you were like a teenager or a kid, did you ever like just have friends just hang out in the mall with you, or oh, like yeah. you just is that your hangout spot? Yeah, we just used to hang out there until like they they shut down. Went to like some forest down the street from the mall would start drinking the 40s oh yeah yeah were you a steel were you steel reserve or old english kind of guy or did was it different in canada we is the cold 45 is what we drank here 
Yeah, they had Colt forty fives yep. too. Yeah, that's uh, that was the most popular thing when I was going when I was in high school. Disgusting, but we yeah, <laughs> I think about that sometimes. I would like get out of baseball practice. I'd be like fifteen with a fake paper ID, and this gas station near the field would sell us 40s and we just like buy 40s and like park somewhere and just get hammered yep yep <laughs> and that and was like so funny <laughs> don't know how they would sell us that because we are grossly underage oh yeah Very... I'd, I'd walk in in baseball uniform yep. like how, like how old do you <laughs> how old do you think i am how long have i been a senior yeah. jesus uh, fake id life oh yeah um all right well uh, let's <laughs> What are you going to say? But it's tougher for you guys. The, your age is 21, so it's even harder for you to pass. Oh, Over here, it's, it's oh like yeah, eight, it's 18. It's 18, so if you're 16, like they they pretty much turn a blind eye whenever. Oh, that's not fair. No. Yeah, I forgot. Because um, I, when I went, when I was 20, I was like, we're all going to the club, me and my girlfriend and all our friends, when we're like all 20 years old, not knowing what to do at the club because we're all 20 years old. It's, it's fucking hilarious um all right yeah let's move move along from the uh the 40s and the uh 20 year old clubs um do you have any favorite producers any like specifically melodic producers that uh you're you have your eye on specifically um so right now i've been really into i mean i've been into cosmos for a while um q ryan i love her stuff Nerco, big on, big on Nerco. And I've always had like, um, I mean, Christian and I have always had like a very, very strong affinity for Midas. Um, Love Midas. Midas is dope. I'm trying to remember some of the old, older guys that like we came up with. Like we still listen to to Black Mill. That's what I was going to say. That was one of my questions is like, what do you guys think? Like the Black Mill here that you guys were releasing on an album and he was like, oh shit, I got to release this (laughs) thing on Christmas. Or do you think it's just completely unrelated? Because I think it's unrelated. Like, All right, I'll take your word for it. We both have our separate fan bases, but for I, sure. I know I love listening to Black Mill. Um, Black Mill is like that, like sound remedy kind of like extended fan base. I feel like. Yeah. Well, it's like if Draper released some stuff, I'd be pretty down. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Mr. Fiji Weed. Like we listen to to a lot of shit. My Scrux was a big one. We love Ramsey's B. We still play out some of his shit. Um, well, those are all pretty good names. I feel like most people wouldn't really know unless they were really specialized and in, into the melodic scene. So it's a pretty that's a pretty good list for people to check out. Yeah, who and uh, I mean Gemini, amazing. Not Sage, he, just Gemini. No, just Gemini when he first popped off. Uh, there's so many. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I don't know if it's oversaturated yet, but we have such a big amount of space in the world. Like, oh, you can just play whatever state you want. There'll be like 10 other artists playing that night and all 10 shows would be be sold out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially if you're in Colorado. Yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) I'm like smack in the middle of Denver and like I have to choose between like Wooly, Ace Aura and Trivecta this weekend and Lab Group, uh, like Memorial and um, Super Future. 
So Jesus. like a ton of like really good, like talented, like quality people that like go see. I just like my back is so old and like so tired. <laughs> Whereas me in Vermont, I'm like, I have one show a month and like next week we get dabbing. I'm like, yes, one oh, show. That's going to be sick oh. though. Is that, do you live close to, to higher ground? Yes, I do. Okay, dope. I love that spot. Uh-oh. Is this going to be them coming to higher ground announcement? It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Uh-oh. We haven't well, been there, I think, since, like, the big gigantic tour that we were on in, like, 2012. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, wasn't that when you guys were doing Do I See Color? Yeah, it was right around that time. Yeah. We just released Do I See Color. Christian and I both dropped out. Of, we saw Christian and I had, like, one semester left of university before we graduated big gigantic was like hey you guys want to go on tour and we said fuck everything and just went on tour with them did you get did you guys ever go back nope but uh we got like granted like a i think it's expired now but like we got granted you know like a 10-year extension to come back and finish it whenever um but i've never looked back into it (laughs) since that tour was that their tour? Um, sorry, was that their tour when they released the Nocturnal album? I remember it was it was the tour with um, Big Gigantic Us and Grizz. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's like one of those like hidden gems that like people like missed out on that like they just didn't know about back then. Oh. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. That introduced me to so much, so much of that like Midwest electronic music that Christian and I had no idea existed. Um, exactly like Big Gigantic and Grizz, like before going on tour with them, like we had, you know, sad to say, never really heard heard of them. And we realized like these guys are fucking massive. Their fan base is massive and they're they're incredible artists. And I mean, that, Grizz you know, hasn't really, aged in 10 years. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he looks the same. I don't know. But he's uh, like, and like, we're just, we're so thankful for, for Big G for like giving us that opportunity and, you know, helping us get the Adventure Club sound and music into America so early on. Well, speaking of tours, do you have any moments from any of your tours that you could pick out and like, they're either like one of your craziest moments one of your you know um i would say like you know crowd connecting moments any moment in particular that strikes your heart or your mind like as recently or like as you said 10 years ago in 2012 yeah i I, any one of our like personal tours like just a solo adventure club tour um every single show kind of like touches us you know, spiritually and mentally, like Christian and I are always grateful for every single fan that comes out to every show. So every, you know, we'll always do our best to, as soon as the show's done, go meet up with fans and like just interacting with everyone on a personal level. Um, every single time, it means a lot to us. So I wouldn't say there's like one specific moment. They all just kind of like, you know, stand at the pinnacle of our minds. And like it, it constantly grounds us and reminds us why we why we tour, why we make music, and why you know this is the life we chose. 
they geez yeah that's that's really nice yeah like, that's you... uh oh you got it oh no you can go ahead but i was just gonna say like it's like really touching especially like after you're done playing a set like just coming down to see the crowd and just hanging out for like a few a brief minute before you have to go yeah. back like yeah. you know it means a lot to fans and i guess it means even more to the artists oh for sure we'll hang out until like the, the security guards literally start kicking people out um I think one of the most touching moments was I think um, one of our fans, friends or family at this point in Cameron, he, um, he got me to sign his arm in Sharpie and literally got that, that signature tattooed the next day. That's sick. Yeah, super dope. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super dope that, you know, even in 2022, you know, you still say that and like, I believe you when you say like, like we still appreciate these people that like pay money and like go to work and like spend what they earn to like come see us, like share our story and share our feelings. And yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, cause a lot of people lose touch with that and it's really sad and some people lose touch and they find their way back. Um, some people, you know, they manage to stay like that, like the whole time. And um, you know, I think that's really dope that like you even like, remember like, Oh, I signed this dude's arm and he went and got it tattooed. Cause like, I'm one of those crazy people like five years ago, Lindium signed my arm and I went and got a tattoo oh, like amazing. that night, like after yeah. like a after party. And like, th- you know, that moment probably is like why I'm still like obsessed with this shit because like, it's literally all like about love. And so yeah, exactly. That's super dope that, you know, you guys are tapping into that and like calling the new album love and chaos and, so we're talking about melodic dubstep. We're talking about Black Mill. We're talk, talking about Q Ryan and all these dope people, um, if you're familiar with them. But I want to know, I want to kind of dive into the chaos part um, because you guys definitely, I think, have gotten heavier in the last few years. Um, what, you know, has really driven that? Like, is it just because the dubstep scene is getting, you know, so much more spotlight and prominentity with... Uh, like Subsidia and Excision and Lost Lands and, you know, Dubstep's really on fire right now. Is it because of that? Or is it like you guys just really have loved it? No, I mean, we've, we've, so originally Adventure Club was, it was supposed to be like a super, super heavy base project. Like if you hear some of our files that I don't think we'll ever see the light of day or some of our old um, songs like Kaboom, um, adventure club was supposed to like the name was supposed to be playful but the music was supposed to be absolutely disgusting that was like the the original intent and then i think um after we released cravey we kind of like found this whole other niche that we didn't even see um you know the melodic the melodic bass niche with like hauntingly beautiful girl vocals and i think that's when kind of adventure club pivot pivoted from wanting to make super heavy shit um into into the melodic music that we had made after crave you like the youth remix um anything that we've done with you now because before that we were super heavily influenced by guys like dr p uh 16 bit bear um a lot of like the um the heavier guys in the scene at the time um and i think once like i said once crave you came out we kind of carved out that little niche for ourselves and just ran with it 
And then for calling all heroes RAP, we really wanted to try our hand at each genre that we were interested at the time. So there's melodic dubstep, which was gold. There was Crash 1.0, which was kind of that like first iteration of that 100 BPM house sound that like Res has really, really, really taken mainstream now. Um, there was Wonder, which was kind of like our, our down-tempo house song. And then Thunderclap, which was our, I guess, foray into big room house. Um, but yeah, all, all that to say is Adventure Club definitely started as a, as a heavier group. And now we want to tap back into that. Or we, we, we've slowly been tapping back into that, regardless of the land, landscape of dubstep. We've always played it at our shows. We've always loved it. And Christian still work, works out to it. Um, but um, it's something that we open the doors back up with, with, with Death or Glory. And after this Love Chaos album is released, there will be a subsequent Death or Glory Volume 2 release, which will be strictly, strictly heavy stuff. A lot of tear out, a lot of heavy bass music, a lot of collabs with some of the heavier guys in the game. And we're, uh, we're super excited for that one. That's awesome. I love how you like explain, like, you know, you your roots are dubstep and like, you know, it's evolved over the last 12, 12, 16 years, you know, from what Skrillex has made back in the day to, you know, now. And it's, I feel like a lot of people who've been back in the scene have witnessed the evolution of the sounds especially like you know going from what you said well like crave you kind of like a more classical dubstep ish more melodic and then now like to your death and glory dubstep like heavy tear out stuff i yeah. feel like it's so like everything's so evolved now agreed i'm like that's just like I don't know. I, I don't this this wouldn't have been possible without the internet. Like everyone's able to collaborate. Everyone has access to every single song that gets released, you know, within seconds. The genres, the they're melted. There's no there's no real lines anymore. I know when we first started out, like there was like I wouldn't say like you'd you'd have to stay in one lane, but there was definitely like lanes for each each producer. Um, not that there were many producers back when we were coming up, there was like, there was a handful of us to the point where like, when we were playing, when we started touring, um, we did our, we didn't have enough music personally to play for a whole set. And there weren't many artists out there for us to take from either. So like our, our sets sometimes would be like fucking five Nero songs, five Fl Fl Flux Pavilion songs, and then like the four songs that we had released. So there wasn't that like too much to go around at least back then and now it's just it's evolved so much there's so much music i used to be able to in a single day go through every single release that uh, that came out in like 2012 2014 and, and today like i it's so hard to keep up with everything mm -hmm. and especially yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> especially with social media then there's like so many artists sharing their ideas out and then you have a little like 20 or 30 artists touring at a time during the winter and then you have stacked lineups with some like some festivals having 
the same artists like in five or six festivals and it's i don't know if it's like just how repetitive like a couple of artists music is but it does seem like variety is the spice of life especially right in 2022 oh for sure for sure people like to uh, i don't know i feel like the the listener i might i might be jumping or like jumping a bit here but i feel like the the attention span of any given listener has shortened dramatically since 2012 there are some like big audiophiles that will enjoy sitting down for a full record but i know like a lot of people i'm close with will listen to like maybe 25 seconds of a song and if it's not new or captivating or like something that doesn't immediately grab their interest they're on to the next thing and it's so easy to do that because there's unlimited next things you can listen to so i agree with you like variety is the spice of life but at the same time um with so many artists being out there uh no one really has the the need and also opportunity to listen to just one artist or one complete song or one complete album they um they can jump to whatever they want especially with with all the streaming services Mm -hmm. i'm guilty of that too i mean i was gonna say like artists like you guys you kept you know going especially with everything changing especially with new album releases and you know your presence on social media you just kept going and i that's what i like just seeing these new I see like to see new artists, but I also like seeing these artists I've seen back in 2015, 2014, still making a name for themselves now. So I give you guys a big applause for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, luckily we have like an incredibly dedicated fan base who like, no matter what is always going to like share music is always going to be there for us during our shows. Um, Just there to support us and like, you know, those diehards are why we're still here. They keep constantly spreading the love and listening. Mm-hmm. Tony, you got the next question? Yeah. Um, so if you had to pick, like no one can fit, pick a favorite child, but like if you had to pick like a song that you were oh. the most hyped to come out that isn't already released on Love and Chaos, what, what one is it? Like there has to be one that you like, it gets stuck in your head more like you just keep like wanting to listen to like a little part of it or like the whole thing but also if you don't like i think i think that's fair too i definitely have like a favorite that i've been kind of listening to on repeat uh it's called king of nothing we wrote that song with fancy monster and uh sonder and it's like everything we wanted would have wanted to write in the song when adventure club first started it has like the perfect hauntingly beautiful vocal it has like the perfect balance of like super saws and the drop it has like you know like classic adventure club piano classic adventure club arps um it's it's the song we wanted to make in 2013 2012 that we never actually got around to making and just to see it develop now is is kind of really rewarding. It's, I think it's going to be like a, a fan favorite song. Well, that's dope. King of Nothing. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll keep that one. We'll keep our eye on that one. 
Um, for everyone listening, you will get to hear that in two weeks. Yeah, whenever on this February, drops. On February 11th. Um, so we've been really discussing music and all of that. So I want to try to take it away from that for just a little bit. And we'll kind of dive into Leighton James of Adventure Club and kind of walk me through, like, what does your week look like recently? Uh, what does, like, your day look like? Um, so I wake up at about 5 a.m. Uh, I've gone, like, ever since Christian and I, like, you know, went sober about five, six years ago, our daily routines are pretty, like, ingrained with us right now. So I wake up at around 5 a.m., um, do a bit of meditation, you know, like journal a bit. Um, and then I'll take a cold shower and uh, then do some breathing exercises. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wim Hof, but um, I've been using a lot of his techniques for the past couple of years. And it's, it really helps me like center myself and have like a super focused day. Um, you know, then I will work out. Then depending on the day, um, I'll either be writing music with Christian, uh, working on any like one of the side ventures that we've kind of set up for ourselves over the past 10 years. Um, uh, and then around 3 p.m. I'll have a couple of steaks. And around 5 p.m. my girlfriend will finish working and we will kind of just chill out watching TV. Seems like nice. a nice day. Yeah. yeah. A wholesome day. Wholesome day. <laughs> um what are you guys watching right now watching um, some movies or shows we uh just finished this one show called archive 81 super dope show on netflix um, yeah new netflix show i saw that yeah last night. yeah yeah we loved it and then uh i think we're just waiting for um <laughs> we actually really like this one show called upload it's on prime hmm. i haven't heard of that one with robbie ml uh, oh, i really like love that show yeah robbie's dope uh shout out fellow canadians he i think that one comes out in march <laughs> yeah he, i loved him in the flash <laughs> still robbie no there's robbie and then i think there's steven and they're two brothers and they're like the coolest canadians yeah yeah steven you know. oh yeah, he's in the duff uh, that's what it was <laughs> yeah yeah steven's in uh arrow yeah oh yeah is he like um is he, he the actual arrow yeah he's, he's oliver oh he's oliver is he a wrestler oliver now? queen honestly i wouldn't be surprised he's probably like a wrestler lumberjack uh everything that like a man could want to be i guess i mean i saw him on this hbo series um doing doing the wrestling so yeah i wouldn't be surprised i think he's the big fan i don't know <laughs> Stephen amell tweeted this morning barry bond should come back this year as a situational pinch hitter for the giants <laughs> <laughs> it'd make him it'd make him eligible for the hall of fame again <laughs> oh no uh all right well that's cool uh so i want to circle back so you you said you and christian got sober around five years ago so you know you don't really just do that with like everyone like there's trust and like that's a complicated situation uh like do you really think like he's like your brother from another mother Oh, 100%. We're soulmates. Like, we always joke that, like, on, like, we're always together. We're always, like, investing in the same things. Like, we're always into the same, like, ideals. Like, there's a joke that, like, 
yeah, we both have girlfriends, but we should like marry each other for all like the benefits, the financial benefits that would come for it, come with it. You know, like just like, I don't know. But yeah, we uh, we've been as best friends ever since like we met for the first time. It was like one of those rare occurrences where like you know you guys are gonna be tight for the it rest. It's just of your like life. a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like it was that like are we best friends moment and stepbrothers, yeah. but like immediately. Where did you guys meet for the first time? Uh, so in high school, I had wanted to start a band, and uh, I made those. Um, I don't know if they they definitely don't exist now, but. There's like I, I printed out a flyer. I said like band members wanted. At the bottom, I had a little like a couple tear out sheets where you could take my number. I posted in, in all the high schools around the area. Uh, one of our mutual friends showed the ad to Christian. Christian's like, yeah, I guess that could be cool. Uh, he showed up at my house that week with an amp in his hand, a guitar in his other hand, a giant steak casserole because he needed to eat for his gains. Um, and literally that day, we didn't say a word to each other. We just kind of like grunted and nodded at each other what like what we wanted each other to play on guitar. Um, and magically that worked. Like we were able to just jam out without saying a word. And the next day we were like, yeah, we're, we're fucking best friends now. That's nice. Yeah. And so like what year do you think that was around? But I was in three 2003 that's crazy it just sounds like a diary of a wimpy kid like plot line <laughs> um, 2003 i think like, right, like i was in i was in grade 10 you guys oh, wow. about to have your 20 year anniversary do you guys do you have anything planned for that <laughs> Jeez. i didn't even think about that way but yeah we've been friends for that long fuck it's a long, long time. Long time. Well, that's super cool that you know you meet someone that becomes your best friend, then they turn into your business partner, and like you guys manage to stay like best friends and like almost like co-sponsors in a way. That's like super dope. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's really it's really it really is a blessing. Speaking of best friends, though, I have an interesting question. Do you both have one like together? Both have one best friend or like? friends that you like text often like that aren't each other like that yeah each other? yeah yeah christian has like another good friend and, so uh, and so do i for sure yeah so it like if uh, it's just like saying like a mutual friend together but because i was gonna say i was gonna ask oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, were if you and christian texted one of your their your best friends him her them at the same time who would get the more elaborate response i think that person would call us both at the same time and you know talk talk to us over the phone for six hours the first <laughs> like the first two minutes of that conversation would be the the info that we needed to know, the insightful info, and then they would just talk about nonsense for six hours. And both of us are aware of that fact. And that's why both of us never text that person for specific information. Mm. But we all we all hang out regardless. Yeah. I mean, that's still like you have a both have a best friend that will just like drop everything and call you if you need anything. Exactly. Like 
I mean, not just you, you and Christian each other, but like you have other people that help you. So that's really nice. Yeah, no, we have a, a really good support system. Like we both kind of live with our families. Um, they're really close to us. Um, really good, really good kind of balance of working life at, at home, a family. Really blessed in that aspect, that regard. Yeah. Um, Tony, do you want to take the next question? Yeah. Uh, so with, uh, you know, you say you you've, you guys have been developing this uh, really solid support system at home and all this stuff. Uh, like, how does that transfer to when you guys go on tour? Like when you guys, you know, probably go on tour this year uh, and probably for a while and you're away from home, you know, how do you stay connected with everyone? Do you guys like FaceTime or like, do you just try to like, text like your you know your mom or your family like throughout the day or throughout the week i mean we've been we've been you know working on our daily routines for like years now so like that that part of our life kind of is ingrained in tour when we go on tour and we don't our life kind of doesn't get like turned upside down like it used to when we go on tour like there's no like super late nights super late nights of partying we kind of like get to the city you know do what we need to do, play our show, and then get to bed as early as possible. And it's, you know, in regards to, you know, keeping in touch with everyone, like we both have our family group chats that are constantly going. We're not big on the FaceTime, but we, we definitely like stay in touch with our parents and our brothers all the time. Well, that's I mean, good. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, there's definitely, you know, some younger or, you know, blooming artists that we have on the show or that may even be listening, you know, where 2022 may be the year where they blow up and, you know, they have their 2012 big gigantic nocturnal tour and yeah, or they get asked and, you know, they're wondering, like, I've lived like at home for 22 years and <laughs> like, I'm about to like be away from my mom for six months. Like, I don't know how to scramble eggs, like blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, these are things that some new artists really have to think about and you know you guys have been managing different ways how to do this for so long you know people probably look to you guys for advice in a lot of aspects um so that's something that i wanted to you know possibly help someone with uh next question still kind of on tour um probably one of my last questions as we wrap things up is uh on this new tour do you guys have any new bucket list goals? Um, because I know that you guys had some back in 2019 from that uh, pause play interview. I want to know if like they've updated or they're about the same. I mean, our goals for this, like this whole like launch of Love Chaos is to, you know, make and meet as many new friends and fans as possible. Like if we can convert one person that didn't know who we are um, into a fan at any given show, then I think, you know, they're, they're very, very like low key goals, but like this far in our career, like that is all we really ask for is just to, you know, continually have, have support from our fans and, and make new ones and just, you know, grow our family as we grow older, grow our fan base. Do you have a moment though where you were on tour, were you just anywhere, and you thought like, "Holy crap, 
I made it like this this is like the career defining moment for me uh yeah definitely that was the uh when we headlined the Sahara tent at Coachella that was like the pinnacle like everything up until that moment didn't didn't really seem real like we thought maybe it was like a simulation or like a dream or like we weren't as like popular as we thought we were or like there was some kind of like weird joke the world was playing on us i don't know if that makes any sense but <laughs> super <laughs> imposter syndrome <laughs> yeah yeah super like the like the pinnacle of imposter syndrome and then we you know we played coachella headline coachella and like two weekends in a row in front of like so many people that like knew lyrics to our songs um you know like our parents were there everyone got to see it kind of just like confirmed everything for us um and that was that was definitely like a super career defining moment for us. Awesome. I mean, Coachella is probably, you know, everybody wants to play Coachella, and that's the pinnacle. No matter what slot you're on, especially, and yeah. I feel the same for like Ultra Music Festival as well. Um, maybe Tomorrowland. But there's so many artists that you can like sift through Tomorrowland. I don't know. I just feel like they, those are like huge, like for artists. Those festivals are huge for artists to play one day. Yeah, yeah especially when you see the graphic where it shows like all the agencies, like all four agencies that booked the acts for Coachella. It's yeah. like it either means like you finally got signed by one of those huge agencies or like you've made such of an impact that like you're getting to play outside of being on one of those agencies. Exactly. Like they have no choice but to book you regardless. Yeah. of. It's like that. the ultimate circle of yeah. music, of live music almost. <laughs> There's like 600,000 people that year at Coachella. Yeah, it's yeah, wild um all right well this has just been awesome man uh i really appreciate you coming on the show uh before we ask you our parting question uh is there anything else that you know maybe we forgot or glossed over or you wanted to go back to or you just wanted to add in no i think we're good like i'm super excited that you guys had us on the show thank you for you know covering everything we wanted to talk about over the album album comes out february 11th we're super excited for everyone to hear it um, i'll make sure to send you a soundcloud link to do it after this so you can get a little sneak preview uh yeah cool sweet man well yeah i mean i i know sean's been listening to you for a while i've been listening to you since like the day youth uh the youth remix came out and oh so, amazing uh, this has just been, you know, totally sick. Uh, shout out uh, DK Projects for always hooking us up with these super dope connections. Uh, they helped us get Nightmare on the show, which was another huge full circle thing for me. Uh, so personally, it really means a lot to me um, that you're here uh, professionally. Uh, you're just really great at talking. So thanks for coming on. Um, but our last question that we ask everyone is if you... We're on a plane and somehow you got crashed and landed in the water and you were stranded alone on an island and your SoundCloud Go account or Spotify premium or whatever, you could only have 
three albums or songs or mixes or live sets on your phone, oh. what would they be? That is an incredibly tough one. Um, I would say probably the first one would be that Nero Essential Mix that was released, I want to say like in 2015. A BBC One Radio Essential Mix from Nero. Yeah. That one's super dope. Um, I think that's all I would need. <laughs> Honestly, like that would get me through decades. Hey, that's a solid answer. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a really good answer. <laughs> hey, yeah, just only one mix. That's all you need sometimes. Only, um, I think someone gave us like an eight hour mix at one point. I'm like, well, that'll probably survive you like every day. <laughs> yeah. But right. yeah. Well, Sean, you got anything else? Nah, I don't. I don't have anything else. Just <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on. I know we missed Christian a lot, Layton. For we sure. thank you so so much for coming on. Of course, you guys stream stream their new album on February 11th. Hell yeah. We'd love like we'd love to come back on when Christian is available, maybe sometime after the album is released. We For can sure. Dig into every track. Um, yeah, we're looking into doing like video uh, in the future. And we're also uh, we do live from uh, editions of the show where uh, we bring like microphones and we interview you in like the green room at like a festival or like at a tour stop or whatever. Yeah, um, dope. So that's also something that's possible. Um, we got other things in the works, but we can, uh, you know, stay connected and keep you guys in the loop and we can figure something else out. Amazing. Look All right. To it. Wow. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, hey, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone listening. Uh, this has just been another fantastic episode of Electric Talk brought to you by Electric Hack. Um, as always, my name is Tony. And I'm Sean. And thanks to Adventure Club and Layton for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Stay tuned uh, to hear about a little bit of sponsorship from our partners. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hey, Hawklings. If you're still with us, we have something really important to tell you. Us at Electric Talk and Dance Safe have partnered to help you stay safe through your musical adventures this festival season. Dance Safe has been promoting health, safety, and harm reduction within the electronic music community for over a decade. They have resources such as regent testing kits, drug info cards, educational posters, apparel and merch, and fentanyl test strips. Electric Talk does not endorse drug use, but it's not uncommon within our community. So if you do go out and decide to use, we want to make sure that you're safe and equipped with the harm reduction tools that you need. And if you're looking for more information and where to find these resources, you can click the link in our description or go to dancesafe.org. That's dancesafe.org.